Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, it's Pat and Stu in for Glenn Beck. We talk about potentially what might be the worst single uh, example of cancel culture since all of this started. Uh, that's my take on it. Um, we go into that today. We talk about Andrew Cuomo and his he's had some problems recently. I don't know if you've heard about them. Uh, not going well in the Andrew Cuomo world. We'll get into the latest uh, there. Uh, also, um, some bad COVID predictions uh, from a year ago. Some of these are starting to, to travel around, and they're pretty entertaining as well. Uh, make sure you uh, check the show out today. Subscribe to this podcast. Let me give you a couple of other tasks while you're here. Stu Does America is another podcast we'd love for you to subscribe to. You do it right here wherever you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. And Pat Gray Unleashed is another one. Uh, why not subscribe to all of them? Even if you never listen, just subscribe and let all those, uh, those uh, episodes hit your phone. Um, and then, you know, maybe occasionally we'll luck into you uh, clicking the wrong button and get a listen. We'd certainly appreciate it. Um, and you can subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV there. Uh, you can get Glenn Beck, Glenn TV, uh, Studios America, Pat Gray Unleashed. All those programs are included in your subscription. So do that today. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. So everything's fine at the border, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's not a uh, it's not a human rights crisis anymore. Is it? It's just a uh, it's like a border challenge. A border challenge. Now, yeah. And now, would you? Is it a literal concentration camp? Would you no, say? Oh no! Good golly, no. no? These are just uh, these are just uh, migrant facilities um, that happen to be jam packed to. Way more than capacity. Yeah, that's all. I was I, I was looking into some of this today, and they're now saying they're at three hundred percent of capacity. Oh, which I've is, got facilities at seven hundred twenty nine percent. Yeah, of capacity. I think that's the high. Certain facilities as high yeah. as seven hundred twenty nine percent capacity. Which is <clears throat> there's an important detail to to think about here is that it's three hundred or seven hundred percent of pre COVID capacity. So right. Not not social distancing, everyone's six feet apart. None of that's going on at all. They're jam-packing the normal capacity, multiplying it by three, four, five, six, seven, and then jamming them all in there together mm-hmm. to potentially pass COVID to each other and then release them into our society. Now, what's fascinating about this mm-hmm. is this is not a concern, apparently, all of all the th- you can't get together at a school or a church or a concert or a movie theater in so many places, and yet this is somehow acceptable and not a quote unquote literal concentration camp. I love this uh, spin by uh, I think this is ABC News as they're talking about this problem, and they themselves said it was over three hundred percent pre-COVID capacity, so they're acknowledging this issue. And then they go into to talk about what is actually happening with the virus in these facilities. Listen. They're coming across the border. They're not being kept in any way with social distancing rules. We don't know how much COVID they're spreading. Since you've been here, on average, what is the percent positive of the people coming across from Mexico? Let's say from the most, most that I have uh, tested, like around 116. And from those, at least 30 are positive. And that seems to propagate 
that old, you know, dog whistle of, oh. hey, uh, you know, migrants are bringing uh, disease and other terrible things Wait, across the border. It's a dog uh, whistle? And that's why we need to shut them out. Wait a minute. <laughs> so you're jam-packing illegal immigrants into facilities at up to 700 and some odd percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Their own people say that they have a 26% positivity rate. <laughs> And this is reinforcing a dog whistle about migrants bringing <laughs> disease over the border? That old dog whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that old dog whistle. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We might have migrants bringing disease over the border. Unreal. You just said 26% of them, at least in this group, the one you picked as an example, 26% positivity in co- uh, for COVID. Remember, too, Central America has basically done nothing. When it comes to coronavirus this entire time, mm-hmm. I mean, they just been letting it in many in many aspects run wild in certain places. And we've seen positivity rates in Mexico, the entire country north of 26 percent, up to 50 percent. Sometimes they're not even bothering to test a lot of times in in in, uh, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they've had all sorts of, of issues mm-hmm. down there. And then you're going to open up the border as we are coming to the end of our own covid situation mm-hmm. and let these guys come across the border because i think they felt bad because donald trump was mean i i, wanna, I think that's basically the justification for it yeah I, I nancy pelosi was asked about this this is uh amazing what she says because none of this is her fault none of this is oh, no. the democrats fault none of it's no. biden's fault no it's all on donald trump and she explains uh who's to blame here let's talk about the situation at the border we've seen a huge surge in migrants crossing the border right. since january the number of children mm-hmm. in custody higher than it was at, than its 2019 peak during the trump administration huh. your colleague verona kiasco bar of texas called the conditions there unacceptable she oh, was no. there on friday is she right what more must be done uh, well i'm sorry i didn't hear oh. who you said Veronica Escobar, Congresswoman oh, Veronica from Escobar, our colleague uh, from representing uh, uh, El Paso. And yes, it right, is. Thank you. Yeah. The, uh, actually, the facts mm. are these. There are mm. more children, uh, about mm. six, seven hundred more children, mm-hmm. unaccompanied children mm-hmm. coming o- over the border. Okay. Uh, the, uh, mm. This is a humanitarian challenge oh, to all of us. Okay. Uh, what the administration now. has inherited is a broken system at the border, oh, and they are that, working to so correct it's that. Fault. In the children's yeah. interest. I'm so yeah, pleased yeah. that the president, so please, as a temporary on. measure, has mm-hmm. sent FEMA to the border in order oh. to help facilitate oh, the children going from one 72-hour mm-hmm. issue into where they are cared for as they are transferred into family homes or homes that are safe for them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, again, is... <laughs> A transition for what was Incredible. wrong before uh, to what is right. Of course, we have to also look to le- uh, Central America and Mexico and the rest. The corruption, the violence, uh, all of that. So, bad. my most recent trip to yeah. the Northern Triangle, that, that would be mm-hmm. Honduras, the corruption Guatemala, and the El just, Salvador. Just began. You saw the impact sure. of the climate change, mind you. Climate These change. people were leaving uh, because of the drought. Mm-hmm. They couldn't farm. That's when and that they were just seeking started too. Other mm-hmm. ways to survive. Yeah, so. so, there are many reasons that, that go into this. Yeah. But the fact is, we have to deal with it uh, at the huh. border. And many of the yeah. people, some of the people coming there, are seeking asylum. Hmm. And uh, yeah. I always like yeah. to quote our friends you in the evangelical like movement 
at one of our rump hearings we had before we had the majority, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the representative said to us, the United States refugee resettlement mm -hmm. program is the crown jewel of American humanitarianism. <laughs> so we have certain responsibilities. Oh, well, if we somebody said it, it must be we true. I, I don't know who said that, that quote. I can't that. take it anymore. Yeah, please stop her. Uh, I, I don't know who said that quote, but what a brilliant quote it was. Um, that That's the crown jewel. The crown jewel being that we're the only country in the world that... Uh, is allow that allows just anybody who wants to come across our border to come across our border is that the crown jewel of of american policy apparently really? it is apparently I, just I, come on in we won't worry about who you are or what you're doing here we won't ask anything of you we'll just give you whatever you need i think it's important to note the smooth presentation of information there from nancy pelosi i mean that was just a, a brilliant a brilliant <laughs> yeah, it really uh, was just it was a deep dive and if she has the her hand on the facts at all times, uh, <laughs> I'm you know they're calling in Mexico they're calling Biden the migrant president Jeez. because correctly so they are sensing that mm -hmm. there are new incentives about the trip to America, which yeah. is you're being invited and you're offered amnesty. You're offered amnesty. They're going to let you off. You better get here before they pass that thing. Yep. Um, make sure you're, you're you get in uh, beyond uh, the the sort of deadlines they're going to set. Because if, if you if you come too late, you know, maybe maybe you don't get it. So come right now. And of course, this is what people you know, coyotes are telling the uh, the migrants. But they're doing it accurately. I mean, this is real. There's mm -hmm. a real sense of of change when it comes to the messaging towards Central America, and that it's now, hey, come on, it's it's time, it's party time, come. Mm -hmm. Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, just come, come now. We're they're going to let you in. the 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 controversy will be about whether you're treated too poorly or not. That will be the controversy, not whether you're supposed to be here, just whether the 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 treatment is good enough. Right. And the treatment is obviously great now that Biden is in control. Oh, it is. Yeah, there's um at the one facility, the in Donna, Texas, there were more than 1800 people, uh children being held at this facility, 729% as we mentioned, of its capacity during the pandemic. The facility opened last month. It's been operating over its pandemic capacity for weeks. Uh, some of the boys said that conditions were so overcrowded that, that they have to take turns sleeping on the floor. <laughs> they all said they wanted to shower more and were told they can't. Um, adding that several minors were only permitted to shower once in seven days. I want to have fact check on that because once teenagers never want to shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's Come on, let's be honest about it. One of them shared that he could only see the sun when he showered because you can see the sun through the window. Uh, she said many, many of the children didn't have access to outside activities and were visibly emotionally emotional. They were hysterically crying, wanting to talk to their families, not being allowed to. Uh, well, this is the thing. Hmm. This is the brilliance and, and the, the wonderful sweetness of the Biden administration, which when Trump was doing this, Pat, Mm -hmm. He had people come across the border, and because he was charging the, the parents, he would have to separate them mm -hmm. uh, because they were being charged. This is totally different. This, the migrants get to be separated from their parents before they cross the border, which is much more humane. You see, if you just let, mm -hmm. if you just send your kid across a river by themselves, 
much better than the old Trump way, which is they would come together, but then be separated later. Right. This way, they separate before they cross the border. Brilliant. Which is perfectly humane in every way. <laughs> and a great way to grow a family. Yes. This is the way yes. you do right. it. It's unbelievable that they are trying to claim anything other than complete catastrophe here. Well, that's what it is. It's complete catastrophe. And they're all wearing the T-shirts. President Biden, please let us in. Mm -hmm. Who's making those T-shirts for him? Who's footing the bill for all of this stuff? Uh, Who's paying for this? Something uh, is, is going on in the background, too, that we should probably be aware of. Because this is a concerted effort to send people specifically up here right now. Um, and I, I don't know if, if there's governments behind it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's just the coyotes or uh, wh- what's going on here, but um, it needs to stop and they need to, they need to be told like President Trump told them, you're not going to be allowed in. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenbeck program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, this Chris Harrison situation um, is amazing to me. It's a, I, I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and he's the host of it and has been since the late 30s, I think. Yeah. If you're, are you like me? You, you won't watch because you're uncomfortable with the gendering. Uh, of the bachelor and bachelorette um, uh, you don't like the fact that they are like these gender roles are traditional and i don't like that i don't like that they name that's exactly what gender- why okay. i don't watch i will not watch a show I, that does yeah, that i won't um just the fact that they're named bachelor or bachelorette that makes me uncomfortable is offensive to mm-hmm. me it's offensive why can't a bachelor be a bachelorette uh, thank you. Thank That's you. what I've said mm-hmm. all along. All along. Since the 30s. And yes. You've had that. You had mm-hmm. a, I don't like The Bachelor because they call them The Bachelor, and I don't like The Bachelorette because they call them The Bachelorette mm-hmm. bumper sticker on your Model T so, yeah. uh, back in the 1990s. It was early, the early 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 70 years before The Bachelor <laughs> even began. <laughs> you were on this one. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Chris Harrison uh is uh, so apologetic over his role in uh, uh this unbelievable scandal that took place now w- i guess it was a bachelorette right that went to a this is somebody who is on the show mm-hmm, a contestant one of the contestants for the affection of a bachelor is that what it was i believe or so was she the bachelorette anyway she went to an antebellum party in 2018 uh, which is you dress up like a Southern Belle, right? And now I did not know these things were a thing. I didn't, I didn't know either. in 2018. I didn't know in 2021. But apparently mm-hmm. they were a, a trendy thing to do a few years ago. And now it's the worst thing favor. you could possibly yeah. do, right? So it, yeah. it's now like basically like burning a cross on your front lawn, like it's exactly. basically an equivalent. Thing. Now if I didn't know you dress up in a Southern Belle outfit. Mm-hmm. You have essentially endorsed. Um. You, uh, the clan you're, you're the a clansman clan. yes it, it, that is what is happening yes and you know to the point of now we are at the idea that one of the biggest country bands in the world lady antebellum is not like lady a <laughs> he couldn't even come up with another Stupid. good word it's like what if we just abbreviate the old word 
Nobody will know what we're talking about. Or Lady A. And then they found out they had actually taken that name from another artist who then sued them. Uh, But the whole point is it's completely ridiculous. This is a totally new standard. It was not in effect at the time she was at this party. No one was saying, you know, like it was not a it was not a controversial thing at the time. And he defended. So he kind of defended her. He said, come on, it's like the woke police. He did. uh, Yeah. Going after her on this. He didn't really defend her. What he said basically was, look, she deserves a little grace. We -hmm. haven't even heard from her yet on this. And uh, I would like to at least hear what she has to say. I don't know what she has to say. I don't know the story of this, but I think we're looking at this with 2021 eyeballs instead of 2018 uh, eyeballs. And, you know, that could be different. And that was the worst thing you could possibly say, Yeah, I guess, at the time. And give a little grace is not exactly uh, an unknown standard. There's been some books written about it long ago that mentioned maybe having <laughs> really? grace for others is a good thing to do. Yeah, it's a long huh. book, too. Huh. I'm surprised. You know, it was a bestseller, though. It was a best-selling uh, book, and you should go back and really? maybe read some of it. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's fantastic. Hmm. Uh, lots of really interesting stories. There's floods. There's It's, all, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but this, I, and I have to say, because the, the, the Dr. Seuss thing went on you know, last week and the week before, right? Where mm-hmm. the Dr. Seuss books go, go away. Even Glenn, we, we said this on the air, Glenn went, you know, said something about the Dr. Seuss thing and how it's like we're going down this road of fascism, you know, and people like John Oliver piled on him and said how dumb he was, as they always tend to do. And as we noted on the air, by the way, um, Dr. Seuss is not the best example of cancel culture. Their family, right, were the ones that stopped printing these books what we were commenting on is how now everyone follows suit and is now pulling the, the old books off of sites like eBay and Amazon. And we thought that that was problematic, among mm-hmm. other things. But like, it's not the best example of cancel culture. There wasn't a widespread outrage about about Dr. Seuss and these drawings. It wasn't like a movement. There wasn't a Twitter campaign. And they did it on their own. And they should not be forced to print books. Like, uh, There's no... No conservative would say, yes, we should force them to print the books they don't want to force as a company. It would be a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. However, the Chris Harrison thing might be the single best example of cancel culture that I can think of. This is a guy mm-hmm. who didn't do the thing in question. He was not even defending the person who was in trouble for doing the thing that was not a problem when it was done. Only retroactively is it a problem. And in addition to that, all he said was, we should hear what she has to say about this. And uh, also, uh, we should, you know, offer her a little grace on a mistake she may have made, may have made, by the way, as a college student in a sorority. Right. Here's the quote. A little grace, a little understanding, a little compassion. Then he said, (laughs) come on. How is that a problem? Then he said, it's unbelievably alarming that people were just tearing this girl's life apart. Is it a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? Because there's a big difference. Well, I guess you can't say that. But even she kind of went at him after that. I know. And this is why I can't stand her. Uh, This is terrible. And also, by the way, I should point out, I ended this not being able to stand him either. Because they yeah, both came stupid. up with these ridiculous, over-the-top apologies right. for this nonsense. And she was even worse because she, yeah. this is a guy she who attacks ruined him. his career Who's, to defend yeah, her. Exactly. And she's come out and jumps on the, 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 the cancel culture bandwagon. Saying it's not a good look ever. 
Because she's celebrating the Old South, she responded. About herself. About herself. If I went to that party, what would I represent at that party? Well, I don't, I don't know. Then why'd you go to the party? Yes. I mean, are you, are you I, okay. really If you knew it was a racist thing to do then, really and racist. that's what you're telling me now, then what, why did you go? And, and she gets the pass here. Somehow she's yes. the good one. Yes. She did the thing. And he loses his job. And he loses his job. Now, his apology was so irritating. I wound up turning on all of them after reading it. He, he goes, to my Bachelor Nation family, I will always own a mistake when I make one. So I am here to extend a sincere apology. I have this incredible platform to speak about love. And yesterday, I took a stance on topics which I should have been better informed. While I do not speak for Rachel wow. Kirk Connell, my intentions were simply to ask for grace and offering her an opportunity to speak on her own behalf. What I now realize is <laughs> I have done harm and caused harm mm -hmm. by wrongly speaking in a manner that perpetrates racism what the hell are you talking no, about when you're asking for grace you're not perpetrating no, racism no you're I'm not i'm sorry no and for that i am so no. deeply sorry i also apologize Stupid. to my friend rachel Lindsay. i guess i was interviewing him for not listening to her better on a topic she has first hand uh, first hand understanding of really was she a victim of an antebellum party as well is that is that what happened uh and uh, mm. and humbly thank the members of bachelor nation who have reached out to me to hold me accountable i promise to do better now look the guy's trying to defend his multi-million dollar job that's it there's no way a human mm -hmm. being actually feels this way about this situation none of them none of the people accusing them of this care and think it's done harm to anyone no one asking for grace for a, a sorority girl at a party who's on the bachelorette from three years from ago from three years ago is not of an action that harms someone that right. is not what it does. No one, zero people on earth were harmed by his statement. None of them were. Right. They could act like they're harmed, N nor but was none anybody of them were harmed. harmed because she dressed up as a Southern Belle. No, in fact, no one even knew about it. Stop it. No one even knew about Stop it. Stop it. People like people are like, well, we've exposed them, and now that's and, and and then she has to apologize for the harm. Well, if no one knew the party existed, who's causing the harm? <laughs> right. The people exposing her are calling the causing the harm. But of course, the truth is, no harm happened. It's a total lie in every way, so we mm -hmm. can all get rage clicks, I guess. We're supposed to post this stuff and ruin both of these people's lives for no freaking reason. I mean, it may be the single best example. I think it is. He's talking about biblical principles of forgiveness yeah. and grace. Yeah. And applying them to an idiotic, moronic bachelor contested who probably has the IQ of a pear. <laughs> the fruit. And there just is no redemption anymore. There's just no, there's absolutely zero forgiveness and no redemption. You can't even consider it anymore. I, and these guys really, neither one of them did anything wrong, as far as I can tell. <laughs> one dressed up in a Southern Belle outfit from eight, the 1800s. The other but said, the, yeah, maybe that's not a big deal. Again, when I dress up as a vampire, I am mm. not advocating the sucking of blood from necks of victims. That is not what you do when you dress up right. in a costume. No one who dresses up as Freddy Krueger is advocating entering people's dreams to carve them up with razor fingers. That's not what you're doing. You are not advocating the belief mm -hmm. of the costume that you are wearing. This is complete insanity. And we just, it just rolls on. Yeah. And we get these yep. things like, because they can find Dr. Seuss, 
which is still disturbing but not perfect example of cancel culture they're all do speeches about that one they'll all say oh cancel culture doesn't even exist look at this dr seuss the family canceled the books well what about this one this guy's not as far as i know not a conservative you you're free to not hate him mm-hmm. he's just being destroyed for no reason no reason just just this weird cancel culture bloodlust for no reason at all. There's no reason to believe he has any of these any racist feelings. There's no reason to believe he's even for low taxes. You are free to like him. <laughs> and yet here it is. We've got to destroy the guy anyway. It's incredible. Incredible. Until this year. I I mean, well, maybe last year. I'd never seen anything like it. And now we see it all the time. All the time. We see it every every stinking week. Yeah, yeah. I did this thing last year on uh, Stu Does America, my show on Blaze TV which uh, was called the Cancel Culture Olympics. And I was like, oh, we should do one of these like once a year, maybe, or maybe even twice a year. I could do it yeah, every I'll, single day. Yeah, for sure. For, with, with all these new people. It, it happens every day. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn on the Glenn Beck program throughout his back or something over the weekend. So hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, the second week of the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin kicked off uh, this morning with arguments over the stunning news Friday of the $27 million settlement for George, George Floyd's uh, family over his death. They're going through apparently recall seven of the jurors, I guess, and talk to them about uh, how they feel about that settlement. Because doesn't the settlement sort of admit wrongdoing on the part of the city? <laughs> kind of does, right? I, Seems like it. You're paying $27 million for what? Yeah. If, if, if you know, Chauvin has uh, turned to be, you know, to be innocent somehow, what did you pay for? Right. And I think the answer, of course, is clear, which is they paid for their city not to burn down. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I mean, I think, look, by my eye, uh, not being a criminal justice expert, by my eye, what happened there was absolutely uh, not lawful. That being said, if it wouldn't like, why would you why would you settle and, and have the settlement come out publicly before the before trial the trial when you're selecting jurors doesn't make any sense doesn't to make me. any sense to me at all certainly it's not giving you know derek chauvin his <laughs> it's not it's not it's not helping him uh maintain his constitutionally guaranteed rights of innocence until proven guilty right so he's charged with second degree murder and manslaughter um and the judge allowed prosecutors to reinstate <clears throat> third-degree murder charge last week. So it will be interesting to see. I mean, what is going to happen if he is found innocent? Does that enter into the <clears throat> jury's decision at all? It would seem like these are people. It would be hard not to, wouldn't it? To consider what's going to happen if you find this guy not guilty? But it would just be a strange idea to pay someone $27 million for nothing, mm-hmm. right? If you, if, you, if you believe there is no wrongdoing, you don't pay $27 million typically 
And typically. It, yeah. And if you're going to pay $27 million, you don't do it while they're selecting jurors. <laughs> you know, like, I, I well, you know, usually a like. a tough situation. Remember the OJ uh, thing back in the day? They mm-hmm. had the, the trial trial, you know, where he, uh, where, you know, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Yep. And OJ gets off. And then afterward, they had the civil trial. Right, where you were going to find out how much money OJ was going to pay for this crime he had already been acquitted of, right? Mm-hmm. And it was—it seems like the rational order of events, like to pay out a settlement before you have the verdict, seems completely nuts to me. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to be able to—I mean, they're in the middle of selecting jurors again. Yeah, I think you can't do this without prejudicing the jury. I don't think. I don't think so either. Uh, and, I don't see how anyway. And I don't know, maybe maybe they're just not coordinated at all, but you'd think that like this would be the type of thing that would uh, be obvious. That's not This is not the time <laughs> yeah, to settle. Right. Again, yeah. you could pay afterward. You might say, well, look, it was still wrongful even though he got off. Like that, maybe that makes sense. I don't know. You know, again, mm-hmm. he hasn't, he isn't going to get off. I mean, he's going to be convicted of this, I think. I mean, Minnesota is like, they're going to figure out a way here. <laughs> because if he is not convicted... Now, this is not this is not constitutional. This is not the way justice works. But you're telling me there's not somebody in Minneapolis going, guys, if this dude is not convicted, mm-hmm. we are going to have a pile of rubble for a city. That is exactly what they're all thinking there. They know it. They believe it. When it just happened before there was any trial. And there was any chance to hold someone responsible, the city was burned to the ground. Now, if he if this guy just walks out of there, can you imagine? You will be able to it will be nighttime and you will look in the distance from hundreds mm-hmm. of miles away and see a glow. And probably a lot closer to that because probably a lot of other cities will have the same thing happen. And that's what happened last time. You know, I mean, look, it's just mm-hmm. it's just reality. And I think, you know, there's a thing that the NFL does a lot and that i've noticed where there's a controversial big ticket like news item and the nfl will come out with this like very long aggressive suspension you know the oh, 14 games and then they appeal it and it goes down to like four and i swear the nfl is just saying like <clears throat> let's just come out we'll act like you know we'll come out really tough on this stuff mm-hmm. really long suspension if it go if it under appeal it gets cut in half then it gets cut in half fine but if we come out with a t- too low of a penalty, we'll look like we're not controlling this issue and don't care about, you know, someone cheating or whatever. Uh, and I would say it's, you know, Patriots because, you know, it's always the Patriots. But if, uh, you know, it's usually a Patriot related issue. Mm-hmm. But then they're just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, so now it went from 14 games to three. And what, but we tried our best. And look, it got overturned in appeal. What are we going to do? You know, and I think there's, there's, a, there is a temptation by a lot of these municipal governments to say, look, charge him with everything. Like, who cares? Make it the hard. It's one person. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not the right instinct. It's against uh, everything that our country stands for. But there is an argument, I think, that these people have. And they say, look, just charge him. At least we're coming out hard. And he, if he gets off, he gets off. We can't control that. Mm-hmm. But go after him. Yeah, well, and they and they are. Uh, second degree murder manslaughter charges so that must mean more than one and now they've reinstigated a uh they've reinstated a third degree murder charge right so they are just throwing everything at him to see what sticks and they're hoping something will stick yeah 
they want first degree murder. It's like I don't think you could argue he like that he planned it. No, he planned it. Probably not. Probably not. You know, who knows the, the way that a lot of these jurisdictions have different you know, quirks about how these things get applied. I don't know what the right degree of murder would be, but he's probably going to get convicted of one of the degrees. And look, I I I don't know a single person who thought I think the police officer acted completely properly there. I I certainly didn't think that when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like he was definitely guilty of wrongdoing. I mean, there's yeah. no reason for you to have your knee on his neck for eight minutes, right? I mean, I, I don't think any of us thought that was appropriate. But the coroner's report afterwards that said that he had a he had a fatal dose of fentanyl in his system. And then you realize, I mean, certainly they're going to, that's going to come out in the trial. And so would he have died anyway? I don't know. I mean, we'll never know that. But uh, I, I think the jury will consider that once the evidence is presented. I think the coroner's report will probably play a big part in this. But um, I, I don't, I don't think that you, you can exonerate Derek Chauvin of his responsibility in this. Right. It's tough to tell, right? Like, even if, and, and that does seem to be the case that there were drugs in the system and they could have, mm-hmm. you know, but that it's tough because it's like, did the interaction push this over the edge? You know, was mm-hmm. it just such a stressful event that it pushed it over the edge, even though it didn't, you know, it crushes windpipe or something, you know, um, there is a, it's going to be difficult and medical experts will go back and forth on that. I'm sure on the stands during the trial uh, and look, the uncomfortable truth of the wonderful system we all praise here in America, this idea of innocence until proven guilty, the uncomfortable truth of that is all of this matters. Even if you think what he did was wrong, even if George Floyd, uh, you know, uh, you might think is a complete saint and the greatest guy of all time. I mean, it doesn't matter. None of that matters if if the medical situation comes out in a way that he might be you know he still got fired right he's still going to have uh, repercussions he likely will have he will likely be convicted of murder but it's possible that he would be convicted of a lesser charge and if that happens still cities will be burned to the ground over it and you know people people love this idea that you know you're innocent until proven guilty when it's someone they like who is benefiting from that and when it's someone who they don't like that is benefiting from it they all hate this idea and while that is squarely part of our system a person that we don't like who's innocent does not does not get thrown in prison that's not the way it's supposed to work what is not part of our system is to sit here and glorify people who burn down cities because of the result that is the type of thing that happens all the time in the media but is is not excusable it's not excusable to, to tear down a statue because you don't like what the guy said 300 years ago it's not excusable to go burn down a city because you don't like the result of a trial it, it's not excusable to create all sorts of violence and to kill people because dozens of people died in the summer in those riots that was not just a it was not mm-hmm. just a property damage situation dozens of people died and I would also add on to it, it's also not acceptable, even if you think that you really don't like the results of an election, to go to the Capitol and overwhelm it. Not okay. But that's the only thing our media seems to understand occurred in the last year. It's not the only event. There is a lot of other things that, by the way, by scope, were much, much worse. Much, much 
worse. Yes, the symbolism of, of, of the Capitol thing was, was incredibly notable, and there's all, all sorts of problems, and I won't defend it for a second. But <laughs> the, the tearing up of many of our major cities and causing hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of damage, disrupting economies, destroying lifelong family businesses of minorities throughout these cities, it cannot be overstated how bad that is. Who was it? Was it Dick Durbin? That said something like, um, uh, "You can't compare, you can't compare the summer riots to uh, the January sixth riot uh, insurrection because it was a huge disservice to the police officers who died." Uh, yeah, the 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 ones who died over the summer and the riots, mm. those because there was several, there were several who died uh, during that time period. Whereas, uh, yes, an officer died, but it wasn't apparently at the hands of the mob on January 6th. So, I mean, they've taken this and twisted it so badly that it looks like January 6th was the worst thing that ever happened and that the summer of rioting was just fine. Yeah, I, I mean, they take every death associated. Now, I, I mean, even when you have a completely peaceful rally, many times there's people who have medical events, uh, and yes. and they die. The, every medical event associated with that, they are counting to the Capitol Hill death toll. And you're right. Like some of these deaths, look, it was violence, and it, I feel at some level it's just pointless to try to say anything here because. It's going to be taken as this uh, defense of the capital right, thing, which, which I'm not, not doing. I think no. I think it was really bad. I called it in the moment a yes. national disgrace. But like mm-hmm. 19 people at least died during the George Floyd uh, riots and those associated with. Um, that's a huge number. And we saw mm-hmm. people beat to a pulp. Yeah. By crowds mm-hmm. on video over and over and over again in city after city. Thankfully, some mm-hmm. of them survived, so the number's not even higher. Uh, none of this is excusable on either side, but it's it's amazing to see. And you see it, too, with the, with the George Floyd thing. Now we're back to saying cops are bad again. Like when the Capitol Hill mm-hmm. thing was going on, the police were good, and we couldn't believe how, the, how disrespectful those people were. They were beating right. them over the head with blue lives matter flags over and over again. At the same time, we would go back and forth with the left all the time. AOC was saying, like, the Capitol Hill police came to my office and I wasn't sure if they were going to hurt me or not. Right. That was the way they were talking about it until we got to the impeachment hearing. And then everyone respected the police more than anything in the world for two weeks. (laughs) And now again, they're all evil again and they're just beating up minorities for no reason. Yeah. Can you at least pick a lane? Pick not even a lane, a direction on the highway be nice it would be really it would be nice no because the media allows them to have it both ways uh every single time